Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the first reading from this weekend's readings, we hear the story about Noah and the ark. Now it's very odd, or at least appears to be. Here we have the very beginning of the first weekend of Lent, and we're hearing from the story of Noah and the ark. It seems so strange. Now, Noah and the ark is a very charming story for kids. The kids naturally respond to it. But I think more importantly, it teaches us the ways of God, the ways of which God comes into the matters of human race. Go to the story of creation. When God creates everything, everything that God creates is made good. The Bible tells us all of creation is good. Even the spiders and the insects and the bumblebees, as well as the mosquitoes that we hate, those are all good. And yet, what happens? What all goes wrong? Sin. What is sin? It's a disobedience to God. Now, disobedience, if you look at the Latin root word, it comes from the word obediere, which means to listen. Sin is the refusal to listen to God's word. Now, we have to realize God's word is designed to make us fully alive. God is not some distant monarch making arbitrary decision or commands to show off his power over us. No, God's word is meant to make us happy. But go to the story of Adam and Eve. What is sin? Sin is the outright refusal to listen to God's word. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did as they ushered sin into this world. What's the result? Well, it's seen throughout the Bible. Sin is compromising of creation, causing a division. Think of it. After Adam and Eve have sinned and God finds them hiding, what do they do? They start blaming one another. They divide themselves. Eve says, oh no, it was him. He, he's the one that told me to eat from the tree. Adam says just the opposite. He points his finger at Eve and says, no, she's the one that told me. Next, they blame the serpent, the devil, for committing the sin. Look at the next generation, the sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. They become so divided amongst each other that one of the brothers kills the other. And so sin is a refusal to listen to the word of God. It leads to division in our society, our world, even in our families, as it appears with Cain and Abel. More to it, sin leads to violence, leads to hatred, prejudice, jealousy, grudges. Now the flood, the flood of Noah and the ark shouldn't be read as arbitrary punishment by God. Rather, it should be interpreted by the consequence of sin. What does God do with a flood? 
Does he gloat or rejoice in the suffering of the people? No. Instead, he sends a rescue mission. Now, here's how we are to read and understand Noah and the ark. It's a story that preserves or maintains a microcosm of the right order, both for humans as well as non-humans. This is why all the animals are represented in the ark. In the ark, God preserves something of the Garden of Eden on that boat, something that was made right by God. In the midst of the chaos of sin, a remnant of God's good creation remains in that ark. And when the flood waters receive, God commands the animals to be let out and set free. And then it sets the context in which the covenant is to be established between Noah and God. God blesses this new beginning with Noah, and he promises to foster life that survived this crisis. And see, this is a great example of God dealing with the human race throughout salvation history. God continually sends rescue mission after rescue mission to preserve the life and maintain the right order that God always intended in the garden, even in the midst of sin. Therefore, if you look at Israel, the Israelites were the people, God's chosen people, that were meant to preserve the right order as it was before the fall with Adam and Eve in the garden. The Israelites were to preserve that right order in how they worshipped God and how they walked in God's ways. Israel was meant to be an obedient people, a people who knew how to listen to God. And in doing so, they were able to draw all of creation back to God. And yet, what does sin do? It's disobedience. It's not listening to God. And that's exactly what happened to the Israelites They fell into a series of disobedience when they no longer listened to God. But when they did, they became the means by which creation was brought back together by God. Look at Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you could say, is the embodiment of that ark of Noah. He is the fulfillment of what God fully intended before the fall of grace with Adam and Eve. Jesus Christ was completely obedient to the Father, even to death itself. More to it, because of Jesus' two natures, fully human and fully divine, Jesus knitted all of creation back together after the division by sin with Adam and Eve. That's why at Mass, before we receive communion, we say the Lamb of God. We say, Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Well, we recognize Jesus remakes the world according to what God intended it to be. And see, with that in mind, now we can go into Mark's gospel. Now the gospel that we heard from this weekend, it all makes sense. Notice how it begins. The Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. Well, Mark doesn't elaborate on the story of the temptation of Jesus Christ in the desert, unlike Matthew and Luke. His version is very simple. Nonetheless, it contains so much. Now notice it says the Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. What God originally intended for us was a garden, not a desert. Symbolically speaking, 
A garden represents life, and that's exactly what God wanted for us, to have life and life in abundance. A garden represents all that is good and right. What has sin done? Well, it turned a garden into a desert. See, when we don't or no longer listen to God, creation falls apart. When we don't listen to God anymore, hatred and violence and prejudice and all those things grow. A garden is divided into a desert. The Spirit leads Jesus into the desert of sin and disobedience. It really is the culmination of God's rescue mission. Jesus now goes into a desert, a desert represented by sin and hatred and violence and death itself. In order to do what? Make a garden. Make new life for each and every one of us, especially eternal life. Fast forward into Jesus' end of his ministry, his death. Where is he buried? Yes, in a tomb, but the tomb is located in a garden, a place of new life. Stay with that. Remember Mary Magdalene, when she goes to the tomb, she encounters a person she doesn't realize or know. She assumes the person is the gardener, and she asks him where they place Jesus' body. Well, the person was Jesus himself. Notice the spiritual symbolism. It's great. Yes, Jesus is the spiritual gardener that changes the world. A world that was once a desert of sin and death is now changed into a garden of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Notice also in the story, it said Jesus was among wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. Well, let that image stay with you. Jesus with wild beasts on one side of him and angels on the other side. What is he doing here? He's knitting a new creation together. You see, the spiritual world of the angels and the material world of the wild beast are now connected through Jesus Christ. He is the one who is obedient, who listens to the Father, and he now begins the knitting together of all of creation that was once divided by sin. That's why Jesus truly is the embodiment of the Ark of Noah. He's preserving that right order that was once established at the very beginning of creation, before the fall of Adam and Eve. Now you say to yourself, okay, that's nice and good, but what does that mean to me? Well, it means a lot. First, it teaches us what sin does. It scatters us. When we stop listening to God, our own personal world falls apart. We fall apart inside. Our mind goes one way, our will goes another way. Our passion goes that way, our intellect goes another way. That's what happens when we no longer listen to God. But Jesus he comes into this world, he comes into our life, and he reconciles the angels and the beasts, the material world and the spiritual world. What do we have to do? Surrender to Christ. Always maintain that disposition of listening, being obedient to God. See, then everything in our life, all the elements in our life, our will, our intellect, our passions, our heart, our mind, our soul, everything will find its proper place. Jesus Christ is the principle by which our world and our personal world is gathered back to God. See, now the first reading from Noah 
and the ark now makes sense and coincides with the gospel passage from Mark. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. Can't afford not to, as we begin the very first weekend of Lent, this beautiful season, to help us draw closer to Christ. Reread the first reading, the story of Noah and the ark, and see that Jesus now is the embodiment of that ark. He now preserves that right order in which God intended for us to have from the very beginning of time and the gospel itself, knowing now Jesus' mission. And as long as Jesus is in our life, as long as we are obedient and listening to him, then we too will preserve that right order. We too will be always in a right relationship with God, which was what God intended from the very beginning of time. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ Rest in you always.